from the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios. All right, 4.59, we're a minute shy of 5 o'clock. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Ward White, Aaron Sexton, we're glad you're with us. And we welcome into the program from uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and Bally Sports Southwest, Greg Tepper. Greg, first of all, how was El Paso, buddy? Oh, my friend, it was so magical. I, I love ev- everything about El Paso uh, the people, the food, the scenery, the football. I love everything except one thing. There's What's that? One glaring problem with El Paso. Yeah. And that's the time zone. <laughs> mountain time. It is, is mountain time. Is mountain time's tough and central. T- I mean, we, we take it for granted here in, 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 you know, most of the state of Texas. But central time zone is God's time zone. That's, that's, <laughs> that's in the Bible. Go look it up. Like it's, it's, it's somewhere towards the back, but it's in there. And, and whenever you change, it's, it's tough. So, El Paso, I love you. We just got to fix this one thing. <laughs> hey, hey, so, uh, the winning streak last night, uh, that, that, that in, or the losing streak ended last night, right? Yeah. So, for those who don't know, El Paso Socorro, which is a, a long struggling program out there uh, in El Paso, had not won a game on the field. Uh, since September 11th, 2015, okay, nearly six years to the day. Uh, and then we went out there, the Dave Campbell Sex Football crew went out there uh, to go watch uh, El Paso High and El Paso Socorro, which I will admit is not, you know, it's not South Lake versus, you know, Highland Park or something like that, some, some major pa- battle of powerhouses. But what it was was an opportunity to go to my maybe the best stadium in America, which is R.R. Jones Stadium, the Lady on the Hill, and watch some football. And we just so happened to stumble into a team breaking a 53-game losing streak. Uh, and it was, it was a really cool moment for those kids. You know, we were thinking about it. You know, I, obviously the players and the coaches, you feel good for them. But I think about the cheerleaders. Think about them going to the game for, like, if you're a senior, okay, you don't win a game your freshman year. You don't win a game your sophomore year. You don't win a game your junior year. And you're out there cheering, trying to get the fans fired up, and you're 0-2 you're this year, and it just may not happen. So for them to get a win, for Coach Tony Hensley and, and the Socorro Bulldogs to get a win, it was, it was something special to watch last night. And, and so you guys just uh, – you, you road-tripped it, and you went out there, and you had some fun, and, and, and that's cool. And that's, that's, that's some of the things that Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine does, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, so you guys got some great stuff. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that, that I think we, we are in such a unique position to do is, you know, there's, there's not a ton of outlets. Basically, there, there's almost none that, that covers uh, Texas high school football, you know, holistically. They cover it from, from the entire state. And that's because it's, it's tough. It's unwieldy. As somebody who covers it, the whole state, it's tough. And, and there's a lot of little nooks and crannies. But we want to make sure that, you know, that, that gives us that's also, that's a responsibility. But it's also, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing because we do get to go out there and, and go to games in El Paso and go to games in the Rio Grande Valley and these far-flung places that, that yeah look uh, an El Paso team is probably not winning a state championship this year they're probably not playing for a state championship this year but you know what there's good football out there there's great community out there and, and everything that we love about Friday Night Lights that transcends region that transcends classification uh, it's just really special and so uh, to do that as part of Dave Campbell's Texas football it's, it's, it's certainly uh, one of the blessings. Greg, Austin Westlake's been rolling along the first couple of weeks of the season they've got Mansfield Summit coming up tonight is this the most athletic team that Westlake has seen this year so far? 
I think it's certainly close. You know, this is a Summit team uh, that, of course, was a, a bit of a party crasher last year, making it all the way to the state semifinals. And they lose a couple of key play, playmakers, but they bring back uh, a number of, of others, uh, key pieces uh, to what they do, most notably uh, their, their quarterback guy, who is a special, special player. Uh, they, bring, they bring him back, and, and he's the trigger man uh, for this Jaguars attack. You know, when, when you're talking about David Hopkins, he, he does a lot of things for them. And they've got playmakers all over the field. Now, look, sometimes, you know, they're, they're working in a number of new pieces, and that's going to be a bit of fits and starts. But this will be an interesting challenge, you know, and you talk about a stylistic challenge for Westlake. that you're, They're going from playing Euless uh, Trinity, right? Euless Trinity team that's going to line it up, smash mouth football. They want to do. They want to go out there and, and just kind of beat you down. Now they're going up against a team with just just uncut speed. I mean, a team that's just got a ton of speed on the outside and athleticism. Be, try to beat them in a different way. I mean, Westlake is, in my opinion, clearly a favorite in this one. Not only are they the number one team in 6A, this is also a 5A team there in Mansfield Summit. But this is certainly another challenge for this uh, Shaft squad that obviously has eyes on bigger prizes uh, than just finishing a regular, uh, a non-district schedule uh, unbeaten. Let's let's stay in that Austin area just a bit, and let's talk about Don Hyde of the La Vega Pirates and against uh, uh, LBJ. This this has the makings to be a terrific football game. Yeah, it, it sure does, and I'll also tell you this: I think it has the, the makings to be an absolute slugfest. I mean, uh, I, you you folks are obviously familiar with the way Vega plays, and uh, covering covering high school football for a decade now across the state of Texas, uh, I think I'm comfortable saying that this is among the most La Vega La Vega teams that we've seen. I mean, they are physical, power running. No bones about it. They are just going to line it up and just just hit you. I mean, they are out there. They're out there to, to whip your rear end. Plain and simple. They're, they they view this football uh, football game as as a brawl. And, and LBJ's got that stomach for the fight. Another team that really broke out last year, LBJ. And, and there may be this notion that oh, you know, they're two star players: Latrell McCutcheon off to Oklahoma, Andrew McCuba off to Clemson. Actually, actually started in the game last week against Georgia. Um, you thinking okay, well, they're going to take a step back. I just don't think that's the case. I think this is a really dynamic uh, LBJ squad. They're physical up front, and they've got a playmaker in Oscar uh, in Oscar Attaway, their, their, their quarterback, who is uh, can be a real game changer for them. So uh, Oscar Gordon, I, I think that this is a really unique challenge. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to come down to who's got the legs, plain and simple. But one thing I'll say about La Vega, you know, they are they they always schedule a tough non-district. That's a, a that's a, a Don Hyde specialty. Uh, he always wants to do it, and, and he made no bones about it. But these first two games, they've rolled past Katie Jordan, which is a new school opening in the Houston area. They rolled past Dallas Bishop Dunn, which at one point was a DFW private school powerhouse. They've kind of fallen on hard times since then. Uh, but the, the meat grinder starts tonight for La Vegas uh, when they're playing at Austin LBJ. Then they get number one Argyle next week. Then they get Corpus Christi Miller on the road, a really tough game. Then a bye week, and then they start district, and they start district with the three best teams in that district besides them with Stephenville, Brownwood, and Midlothian Heritage. The next seven weeks are an absolute meat grinder uh, for La Vega, and we're going to find out real quick exactly how good this La Vega team is, which I think might be actually very, very good. Speaking of Stephenville, they're going to be at home hosting Salado, who's trying to bounce back after uh, that loss to Grandview in a good football game last Friday night. Uh, this one should be pretty competitive, you think, Greg? Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, you know, Salado, Salado came within a whisker of, of beating Grandview, you know, on the road, which would have been a real feather in their cap. And, and I'll tell you that I think 
this, uh, I think that what you're seeing from this team is a, a, a renewed sense of defense. This defense is really playing particularly well. And last week, basically, Grand, you got one more stop than they did, you know, and that's, that's kind of the, the name, the game there. Uh, but, and, and you give a lot of credit to Ryan Ebner's squad there, Grandview. But this is a Salado team that I think is serious. I don't think uh, they're going anywhere. And, and what I really like about their team is that I think that they've got a little bit of versatility uh, to them. You know, I think when you think of Alan Hare's squad, uh, they're a team that you you think to that they're going to line up and they're going they're going to run it at you. They're going to run uh, that that kind of uh, that that hard offense to game plan for with the with the slot tee. Uh, but I think Hutton Hare, the the coach's kid, he can throw it a little bit, and that adds a little, another dynamic that I think Stephenville is going to have to watch out for. Uh, now look, I think Stephenville's the favorite in this one, and, and they've been obviously just absolutely magnificent through the first two weeks. Uh, and if if you don't like, uh, the, the, I'll tell you that the computers really like what they've done because they really like dominance. They like what they, you know, beating Sweetwater and beating Everman. Those are two hard-nosed teams and two good teams. They have impressive victories over. But I think this is their biggest. Che- I think this is their biggest test yet. And the rubber's going to meet the road here. I think for ye- for the Yellow Jackets, and it may not come as easily. You know, they've they've gotten great play from their quarterback Ryder Lambert, who I think has stepped up. They've, they've spread the ball around to a couple of different guys there. Their wide receiver Koi Eakin has been a game breaker for them. Uh, but this is a real test for them, and it's a different test. So that's going to be very interesting, especially considering in their district. They're going to have to go up against a couple of teams that really run the ball well. It's a good test for Stephenville before they get into district play. All right, uh, right back in our backyard, seventh-ranked China Spring and in, in the Brownwood Lions. This has the makings to be a fun one. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, I've been – I'll be honest, I've been very impressed with China Springs. I, I probably shouldn't be, uh, you know, because we probably should have expected them uh, to be this good. But, but I think that – the way that they have played has been very impressive. And you go back to last week with Lorena, and I, it, that's one of those games that I don't think that the uh, the scoreboard necessarily tells you the whole story because you look at 21 to 13 and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, uh, kind of a sloppy game, a uh, low-scoring slugfest. I don't think that's the case. I think those were two good defenses really going at it. And Brian Bell, I think, has really got a defense cooking uh, there. What he's been able to do, I think, has been awfully impressive. Guys like Dawson X-Line up front, Braden Faulkner, in the middle that front seven is very very dangerous and you know by the way uh they've got a pretty good quarterback in in major Bowden. this is a a team that i think is complete and people need to be paying attention to going up against a brownwood team that i think is uh you know they're they're one and one they played two very different kinds of games all of them close they, they played lane passes they beat them 58 55 and the next week they played midland greenwood and they lost 21 20 they can play in a lot of different ways. Uh, their offense, it, we, we, we heard from Coach Sammy Burnett before the season that their offense, they thought, was going to be a little bit young. Uh, and, and as a result, I think that they still may be figuring out that consistency part of it. A lot of this comes down to which one of those offenses shows up. I think the defense has a chance to be pretty good, but they're going to get big-time tests this week uh, against China Spring. I think this is a fun one. China Spring is probably a, a favorite in this one. But, but two teams that we fully expect to be in the playoffs, and in the case of China Spring, uh, uh, one of those teams that I would kind of install as like a, a statewide sleeper, uh, a team that, that could make noise that is maybe outside of that Carthage, Gilmer, Wimberley, West Orange, Stark, Pleasant Grove kind of group. Greg, is there is there a game of the week that we haven't mentioned yet that's on your radar right now? You know, there's a couple um, uh, across the state. You know, it, it's a, I'll, I'll just say this, and I mean this in a nice way, but it's, a, it's we got spoiled the first couple of weeks. The first couple of weeks, it was just <laughs> banger after banger yeah. after banger. Just incredible games everywhere. You look, this is a little bit thinner. Part of it is because district play is starting, and some of these teams are playing teams that they're just going to overmatch. And another part of it is there's a lot of teams that are on a bye week. But uh, they're still really great games. Uh, I think Argyle and Salina has a chance to be really, really mm-hmm. fun. 
uh, there in the 4A ranks. Salina's got one of the best resumes, I think, in the state uh, with uh, with wins over Melissa and, and and then last week with their uh, their win over the team that's escaping me at the moment. But it was very impressive. I was awfully impressed. Anyway, Rockwall and Lake Travis is another game at the 6A ranks. If you're a big school person, this is a game for you. Talk about offense. I mean, this is going to be really fun to watch. Rockwall's got a, a wide-open offense that has been very impressive. That's a game that I've got my eye on. And in the Houston area, uh, Yoka, or rather, uh, Galena Park North Shore and Spring Westfield, two teams that have a history with one another, two teams that don't like each other very much, and two teams that I think have a chance to really make some noise. North Shore needs no introduction at this point, uh, and yet at the same time, you look at Westfield, they're a team that has uh, Cardell Williams, who is back at the quarterback spot. I think he's in his third year starting. He's a game changer as well. Uh, it's also a fun rivalry week. Quero and Yoakum is one of the oldest rivalries in the state of Texas. They're going at it. And then it's the 100th Battle of 287 with Ennis uh, taking on their rival Waxahachie in a in a um, in a, a rivalry game. They're, they're friendly rivalries where it's like, ah, after the game, we're going to slap each other's backs and, and meet in the parking lot and talk about it. Uh, and then there's this rivalry, which is different. And and they will, they will not be slapping of backs. If they're slapping, there's going to be police involved. So uh, it's going to be a very, very fun night of Texas high school football. You mentioned earlier sometimes records don't indicate. And, and I wanted to talk about one other because this is a game that intrigues me. It's Franklin and Cameron. And I know the Yeomen are, are 0-2, but they're, they're 0-2 against two really good football teams. And this is a tradition-rich program. I just think this has the makings to be fun. Oh, I think you're. I think you're spot on. Uh, I, I think that Cameron Yo uh, is the quintessential good zero and two. You know what I mean? Uh, they they have a they have a hard hard luck loss to to Lago Vista, who by the way is two. Now that came in two or three overtimes, I want to say. Uh, and then they they lose to Belleville in a close game. And Belleville's a team that you need to keep an eye on. You know, and a team by the way that's a four A team to hang with them on the road was impressive. Taking on a Franklin team that, look, it's 2-0, and and you think, okay, just look at the record, 2-0 versus 0-2, I know who I'm going to pick. Uh, the thing about Franklin, you know, you go back to when they played Lorena, um, they, they, they messed around, they needed a, kind of a late touchdown to win that game. They have not showed that kind of dominance, that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, you know, finish them type instinct. This is an opportunity that if, if they let Cameron Yo hang around, this is a team that's, that's hungry for a win. Uh, you know, they're going to be at home in front of a, a rowdy crowd, and there's nothing that Rick Rhodes would like to do than knock off a state-ranked team in his, in his yard uh, and show people that the Yeomen are back. I think this is, um, this is one of those games that if, if it weren't high school football, you'd call it a trap game. Uh, for Franklin, that you, if you get caught looking at the records, you'll be like, oh, well, they're just a lot better than Cameron. You know, I just don't think that's the case. I think Yo's got something, and they're getting better each week, and if Franklin's not careful, they're going to get caught. Hey, hey, Greg, want to get one final thought from you. Uh, obviously, today the Big 12 announces the addition of the four uh, programs. As far in a clearly that creates the stability uh, that the, the conference is looking for, how does that affect recruiting in this state? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, and I think that this is obviously, as far as within the state of Texas, I think this is a huge win uh, for Houston. You know, this is a huge win for Houston. They can get that uh, that that Power Five kind of nod uh, that they've always wanted, and have that uh, that that card in their deck, so to speak, when they walk into to, to living rooms. Now, I will say this: I think that Texas is one of those states that I think is getting over recruited, and what I mean by that is everyone's coming in, everyone's trying to get kids in Texas. And so as a result, you know, uh, you, you look, you've got Ohio State coming in. You've got Clemson coming in. Uh, yeah, but furthermore, you've also got all these teams in the AAC uh, that are coming in. Teams in Conference USA that are coming in. They're getting these three stars, right? Don't think about the five stars and the four stars. Think about the three stars. 
And what you're doing by bringing in teams, you know, like Cincinnati, right? BYU is an interesting situation because of the religious component, and there's things, there's, uh, there's other elements that go on there. Uh, but bringing in a team like Cincinnati and bringing in a team like UCF, uh, that's going to open the recruiting doors uh, for, for, those, for those teams. And I think that the road got a little bit tougher on the recruiting trail uh, just a little bit for, for maybe the in-state schools because you're welcoming more teams into the party and you're welcoming them to have that kind of in-state, uh, you know, carrot to give to a recruit. So I think that that's going to be very interesting. They, all, they already had that as far as, you know, UCF, obviously they came and played Houston and, and an SMU, uh, but now they're really going to have that from a Power 5 perspective. It'll be interesting. And so you're not going to notice it with the five-star. Cade Klubnick was always going to go to a place like Clemson, right? But what I'm talking about is that three-star running back uh, at uh, at Lorena, right, or that 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 three-star defensive back uh, at Teague, who is now going to get some calls from places uh, like Orlando and from Cincinnati uh, that maybe they, he wouldn't have gotten those calls otherwise. So uh, it'll be a shifting it'll be a shifting landscape. I do think that we're gonna it's gonna take a while before we really understand the impact of it. Probably like class of 2025 or so, but. You know, there will be an impact, and I think that that, that middle class of, of recruits is certainly going to become much more in higher demand. All right, uh, what's, the, what's the big feature tonight on Valley Sports Southwest? We got coverage from all across the state. I believe we literally have people in Houston and in El Paso, and so we've, we've got this. What did you do, coverage. just leave them there? Yeah, I just left <laughs> Ashley Pickle, our, our executive producer out there, to, to, to work, and just like, hey, it's fine. You can have another meal uh, out there in El Paso. So, yeah, we got coverage, six hours of high school football coverage starting at 7 o'clock on Valley Sports Southwest. Hey, Greg, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. All right, take care, boys. Talk